With the text that we are looking at this week, I think it answers this question for us. Who is great in God's kingdom? You know, we can describe pretty quickly who are the great people in our communities and in our nation, in our world. You know, it's greatness is determined by beauty. Greatness is determined by power, by money, by accomplishments, uh, you know, business ability, um, uh, popularity. There's just so many things. I mean, we have a whole category of people that earn their living by being influencers. So uh, all they do is social media and people follow them on it and social media. They're just marketers. But we do that as well on social media where we desire and we find our value based on the comments that we get and the likes that we get on whatever it might be. But in God's economy, what does he value? In this text, um, I just love how it transitions from last week because he started off by saying, uh, you know, here's how you get into the kingdom. It's through the gospel. You don't work your way into the kingdom. And he highlighted that with the rich man who was loving his money. Uh, all these, In other words, he was idolizing, making an idol out of his money, and he wouldn't give that up in order to follow Jesus. But then remember, Peter speaks up and says, hey, we've given up all those things to follow you. And at that moment, pride is starting to sneak into his, to, to his disciples. And he ends last week's passage with, but many who are first will be last and the last first. So he's transitioning from that idea. How do you enter the kingdom? It's through the gospel. Now, how do you have significance within the kingdom? You know, what, what is God value? What is his economy based on? What kind of money gets exchanged in his kingdom? And, and I'm just going to go right to the last part of this section because I think he says it all right here. Verse 43, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. He just flat out says it. Servants are the ones that are, uh, are great in my kingdom. Uh, whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. Like the one that's serving everybody else. The bottom of the ladder is the one that God cares about more than anybody. Not the top person. And then finally, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, Jesus did that as an example for us. He led in that way. And we'll talk more about that because that's where the passage starts off. He says, and they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid and taking the 12 again, he began to tell them, what was to happen to him? So this is the third time in Mark where he is describing what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem, saying, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So before I go on to the next section, he's tell, he's basically laying down like, guys, this is what ultimate servanthood looks like. He is the first and he is laying himself down as a servant for everybody. So that he's, he's like, guys, this is the example of what we're about to, to talk about. And Mark takes us to uh, kind of a crazy, uh, unbelievable uh, question that James and John ask. It says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us 
whatever we ask you. And one of the things that occurred to me today is that I basically say the same thing every time I pray. I mean, it's like, so I can understand this. It's like, God, I'm asking you for this. Would you do that? I mean, every time I ask, could you say yes? Um, verse 36, and he said to them, but what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant to us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. So they're a little confused still about the way things are going to be unfolding, but they do believe and know that he's the Messiah. He's going to be on the throne and they want to be on the left and right. They want to be in the most prominent positions possible without obviously being in his chair. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? And it's just amazing how patient he is with them because he's not jumping down their throats. They, um, you know, because of their ignorance, they don't get it. He says, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. And in, in, in other words, Jesus is about to receive on the cross all of the sin of the world is going to be put on him. And then the wrath of God comes in him, to him. And it's not fully clear in how to understand exactly what's going on there. But it's an exchange where uh, my sin and the things that I've done wrong go to Jesus and they go onto the cross. And, and he merged that this idea of baptism is my sin merges with him so that on the cross, my sin dies with him. The price becomes paid. He's buried and he's resurrected so that because of my faith that I put in him and, that, you know, because, and I say, I, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I confess that and I repent because of that, I merged with him as well. That's that idea of baptism there. And they said to him, we are able. So they still don't get it. And he said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. And that's, Jesus is letting them know that in, in, in kind of coded terms here that they're not going to understand now, but they will understand that they are going to die for their faith. And we know from history that all the disciples, with the exception of one, were martyred for their faith. And they were forced to recant or be killed. And they none of them recanted and all but one of them um, died early through, through uh, being killed for their faith. Um, in other words, they laid down their lives for the gospel and following him. And they did that in service of other people. Um, but to sit at my right, right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John, which, you know, can understand that. Um, 42, and Jesus called them to him and said to, to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So in other words, you guys know how the, the secular leaders um, just kind of are so cocky and prideful and bold and mistreat the people around them and just lord all their power over everybody. You guys know how that, that works? He said, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus is saying, guys, power, money, uh, significance, influence, likes, comments, 
beauty, athleticism, popularity, um, awards, business ability, moving up the corporate ladder, uh, past accomplishments, uh, incredible adventures and stories to tell around the campfire, whatever it might be that we value in our world. He's saying, I don't value any of those things. I don't value any of those things. Now, God uses those things. He can use those, but he doesn't value them. What does he value? He values servanthood, people to serve one another and, and, and humbly help one another. And in verse 45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus led, and this is an example, the first of all laid himself down for everybody to serve everybody so that everybody is welcome and able to come to him. That's the example. And he's letting them know that, guys, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm asking you to follow in my path. We can't, none of us can serve at the level that he serves, obviously. But there are ways that we can serve. Absolutely. You know, Jesus not only laid his life down as a, as a service, but he also was helping the poor and helping the sick. He did things that we can do absolutely today. But, but here's another thing, way to think about it is that I really think that, um, you know, like I, I love the, the TV show Sports Center on ESPN where you get all the highlights of the sporting events. And it's just a great half hour summary of all the highlights of what happened that day in sports. And it's just cutting back to back through, through all the highlights. And I kind of wonder if there's like a, instead of Sports Center, it's Servant Center in heaven where you've got a couple of angels that are hosting the show and they just show everybody all the incredible things that just happened today, but they're all servants, people serving other people and laying down what they want for other people. And I just, guys, I want you to realize the significance of the opportunities that you have under your roof to serve next door with your neighbors to serve somebody within your church. You're changing that diaper. You're loading and unloading the dishwasher, washing the, the pots and pans, uh, sweeping the floor, uh, cleaning the bathroom, doing something for somebody else that normally they're supposed to do. I mean, just whatever it might be. God looks at those opportunities of service and says, yes, put that on Servant Center tonight. Whereas we spend most of our time thinking about how can we be more significant? How can we do more things? How can we be more important? Whatever it might be. And also think about it in the context of all the, the um, just difficult uh, moment we're in right now in politics and the national news and all the tension, the anger and the hate and the distrust and, and people have lost hope and they're worried about the future. I mean, it's just all kinds of things that are just so hard right now. This is the way forward. The way forward is for us to start loving people and loving the people that are just right around us. When you're changing that diaper, when you're, you know, cleaning that thing at the home or, or helping out or serving one another, you know, when, when your, your fellow believer has asked you to pray for them in a specific way, to actually get down on your knees and pray for them, that is serving them and it is significant in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, we want to be significant in God's kingdom and not waste our time on things that God doesn't consider significant that aren't valuable to him. And, and I don't know what, where God might be leading and calling you, but I do believe that you know who God has in your life 
to serve your spouse, your children, your parents, your neighbor, your coworker, your boss, your employees, um, your um, people within your intentional relationship and your intentional communities. All those people are the people that God has called you to serve. Be the least and serve them. And let's see how God just delights in that. And let's delight in that. And let's value that. And let's pursue that, guys. And I look forward to uh, getting to more of this text this Sunday and discussing it with you all. Remember that you are loved.